0: any fool can know, the point is to understand. This is an Albert Einstein quote, which refers to true understanding not being a function of your mind. And that dilemma is exactly what we're going to talk about today on the Shadow Work Library. I'm Jessica DiPozzi and for the next at least 57 shows, I'm going to take you through this series that covers a spectrum of negative patterns in the human experience. Hey everybody, I hope you've had a great week. So today we're going to talk about the shadow of intolerance. But before we do that, I'd like to give a shout out to Joe, one of the men in the trials course, who emailed me last week saying that he deeply resonated with all five of those core wounding patterns that I talked about in the last submission. And he wanted to know what my thoughts were on that. So I was so excited when he reached out because I intentionally left out the last core wounding pattern because it actually is a combination of all the previous five. And I left it out because it can be a bit of, A bit of a cop-out to say that you're all of them because we do experience all of them at times, but to really feel into every single one, very few people will fall into this category. And I just didn't want to confuse things too much. But since he asked, I'd like to touch on the sixth core wounding pattern of separation before we get into today's submission. A person with separation as their core wounding pattern feels like there's a missing part of them. They have the wounds of repression, denial, shame, guilt, and rejection, and that makes them feel like they live a separate life. It makes relationships pretty difficult because something just feels incomplete. And they feel separated from others and separated from a real warmth, like they're waiting in the wings and watching people go by who all understand each other and get each other. People with separation just feel very different. And the strategy for transformation is both time and care. This person needs to care for him or herself, allowing their life time to develop and make sense. And it can feel like you're in the wilderness at times and for actually a long time, but With constant care and patience, you will find home eventually in your own being. This is a life of hardship because you need to go through the storyline of all those five wounding patterns versus the usual one. And if you think, you know, getting, (laughs) getting to understand your one core wounding pattern is tough, imagine just getting to know five of them. And yes, this is a challenging core wound to have, but it also carries a lot of wisdom with it because you live all of those core wounding patterns, you then have this potential to understand people a lot better than most people do. There's this potential here to be a next level guide for others who feel like their lives are are like too far to turn around. And so another keynote for people with separation as their core wounding pattern is that they don't need to wait until they have it all figured out to be a guide for people. Because it will take time for you to feel really at home in your own body, that's something that you may consider it to be a problem but being of service to people who might just be starting off um, elevating themselves and wanting to be better versions of themselves that can happen for you right now there will always be people who are earlier on in the journey than you are and you can use this depthy understanding of what people are going through to help them in your own way Um, you can write a book Uh, even if you never get it published just writing your experiences down and your patterns down can be really helpful Um, you can be the best parent you can be, your flavor of service might even just be to be a, an amazing role model, just to live life knowing that people will be inspired by the way that you deal with things. So, yeah, thanks again, Joe, for finding that missing piece. And if you guys have any questions, you can hit me up on Instagram at Jessica Depatze, spelled like Depatze, D E P A T I E underscore, or shoot me an email at Jessica at the special forces.com. I don't make it a habit to like leave things out on purpose. I can I get that that's a little bit sneaky. It's just for this one. I felt like I could justify it. Now, onto today's shadow work submission. We're going to be exploring this path from intolerance to the power of understanding. This word, intolerance, um, that Richard Rudd associates with this archetypal shadow probably conjures up images of neo-Nazis or maybe even a food allergy, in which case you might not immediately think of yourself as an intolerant person. But I'd say look a little closer at your daily life. To see where you're not tolerating the people that you love most even. Because the most common expressions of intolerance happen right in your own house. Especially right now when we're encouraged to stay in our homes and everyone is driving each other a little bit crazy. So like maybe your mate has this habit of leaving her ukulele all over the house in the most random places. Like the couch, kitchen counter, floor, you're tripping on it. (laughs) That's me. We have that problem. <laughs> I leave it everywhere. Um, maybe your kids don't care so much about wiping up the sink after they brush their teeth or your dog is being an annoying jerk. When you're quick to react and are easily provoked, whether, you know, it's out loud or even in your head. Remember that reactive and repressive people are no better or worse than the other. We just you know, react differently. When we react to things that are kind of small, we're not really living in this field of tolerance, You can even see the shadow of intolerance come up when you're alone with yourself. Most people can't even tolerate being with themselves. They can't stand being alone with their own thoughts and need a constant stimulus like a show or music to play in the background. Or a lot of people have a hard time running for long distances or walking for long distances because there isn't a constant stimulation and they're realizing that the thoughts that are coming up are kind of tough to deal with or really loud. So... This is totally normal. I mean, it's not ideal, but it's reasonable. It's reasonable because we've evolved to have this massive neocortex, which makes us predominantly a thinking species. And I kind of hesitate to say that because we're mostly an emotional species, but we think we're a thinking species. And even though we probably know that needing constant stimulus isn't ideal we also know that getting triggered by the toilet paper roll being put on the wrong way is dumb. We can easily convince ourselves that it's important enough to focus on at that moment because it's right there. It's right in your face offending us or making us uncomfortable. And in our Western culture and really now the Eastern cultures are doing this as well. We love to have proof or evidence that something is real and that makes it real. So as long as you buy into the idea that you need proof, reasons, answers, you could consider yourself a reasonable person, a reasonable person who gets triggered by the toilet paper being on the back the wrong way. And being a reasonable person in a lot of ways is helpful in today's society. Reasonable person is a phrase commonly used in criminal law to de- to denote a, a hypothetical person in society who exercises this average judgment, among other things. And this person, this hypothetical reasonable person, serves as a standard for determining if the person being questioned is operating like your average person. And we need reason, we need like logic in order for us to have a governable society. For example, a reasonable person doesn't drink and drive. So if a driver is under the influence and hits a pedestrian and breaks both her legs, we have a standardized process for reprimanding this person. It's just as simple as that. But in our own lives and in our inner lives, maybe it's not that simple. We also know that there are truths that can't be reasoned with mind and logic. So for example, what if that drunk driver was meant to hit that girl? What if it was just meant to happen and that's what life chose? What if she was rushed to the hospital and she found her soulmate and her life forever changed for the better? So the thing is, when we're creating laws, we just can't operate like that. At least I can't imagine how that would work at the moment, but we can do it with our own lives more than we are now. And that's what the shadow is all about. It's all about realizing that your logic and information gathering and mental analyzing of like what makes sense can only take you so far. Do you want to constantly have the judge and jury going back and forth, trying to figure out what is the truth, what is right? And in this case, the woman hit by the drunk driver, she could logic all the reasons why she reasonably should be pissed and resentful of that man. Or she could expand her understanding to accept that it was something that needed to happen in her life with gratitude because it set her on a more beautiful path that she never could have imagined for herself. So for practical application... Let's go back to how your mind works in the moments of intolerance and then work forwards from there. What's the first thing that comes to your mind when you see that the keys aren't in the spot that they should be or that your business partner is late for a meeting for the fifth time and you feel triggered? What do you say yourself to make sense of it? it? Might be something like, why did they do this? Why can't they just put the damn cat back on the toothpaste tube? Your mind just starts to rationalize what you're experiencing because in your lower states you want answers and in seconds, like split seconds, you come up with something like they're so lazy, they don't respect me, blah, 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 because you just don't have enough real information to come, with, come up with this logical answer that's capital T truth. If you're vibing low based on emotional reaction or like this overreaction, your mind can distort any logic to support and uphold your volatile nature at that moment, and you can find a whole list of logical reasons to support your negative reaction and conclusion. And so the major issue with that is overusing your mind and logic centers in ways that aren't really helpful will never bring you peace. And that's really what we want when we're triggered or we are feeling this intolerance is we want to come back to peace and we want our minds to do that for us. Now, like all of the shadow patterns, you can see this this resonance of intolerance in your life in a couple of ways. And they're actually pretty detrimental to relationships if they become habits. On the blame side or the reactive side of the spectrum, you are nitpicky. These people hone in on the most irrelevant details, looking for some kind of scapegoat for their frustration. And the frustration stems from being endlessly disappointed with their mind's ability to get answers or proof. But it's projected onto people who they think should have the answers. They believe that answers will bring them the sense of security and knowing. And so they lash out at people who are blaming for their lack of security. And that can most commonly be those people that you love or respect. And even though you may love this person or respect them, or maybe you dislike them, intolerance obviously comes in lots of forms. It's easy to pick apart aspects of someone that you don't agree with when you have this nitpicky way about you. It comes across like this kind of fussy fault finding, usually involving petty and consequential things that are blown up so big in your mind that it's worth making someone feel embarrassed or belittled. You're like saying that you want the other person to change, that they aren't good enough. And even if that isn't your intention, it can definitely be received that way. And the main Theme for people that have this nitpicking tendency is doing and focusing on too much of what doesn't matter and not enough of focus and attention on what does matter. On the shame or repressive side of the spectrum, intolerance shows up as the complete opposite, as apathy. People with apathetic minds no longer feel bright or intelligent or sparkly, and they've sunk into a kind of mental sleepiness and don't take. Action or dive into the depths of their minds because of this unconscious fear. These kinds of people can appear actually pretty elevated and open-minded, but there's a vital energy lacking inside of them and they have problems motivating themselves. And if you experience bouts of apathy often, you also may have problems with your health. But like all the shadow states, there's nothing inherently evil or conniving, about being apathetic or nitpicking. It's just when it becomes a habit that things can get pretty tough to come back from. And the way that you can transform your overactive mind is to really buy into the idea that knowledge will never bring you peace. At its best, it might give you a hope of peace because obtaining knowledge and using your logic centers can help you do research or communicate that research to yourself and others, but real decision-making comes from your inner authority. Now, I really want to skip ahead and talk about how to use your inner authority, but I'm going to wait on that. I'd like to bring on a human design expert to talk about that soon because it's super geeky and I want to make sure that it's covered in the best way possible. A little hint on this show, it'll be a little bit like the core wounding pattern submission. There are five strategies and seriously, five this time, not six, (laughs) Um, five strategies for listening to your inner authority and you'll best identify with one. And it has to do with decision making from either your sacral center, your solar plexus, your ego, or your heart center, or your self center. So for everybody, there is a place in your body that you can tune your consciousness into and have a specific strategy to help you make a decision. But I don't want to get too far into that. That's not what this shadow is about. This is about using your mind for what it's supposed to do. And if you let your mind run its natural course without giving it this heavy responsibility of making the decisions, you open up this pressure valve that gives you the superpower of understanding. You understand that nothing can be proved through logic because logic can always out logic itself, depending on how you want to slant it. Because we're not Vulcans, you know, we like to think we're these super logical people, but we do have inner knowing that overrides and distorts what we believe to be true or logical. And once you buy into that, you can use your mind to do what it does best, to play with patterns you see and information you're taking in and then rearrange it in new and creative ways. And because you have this great capacity, this mental capacity to see all of the uh, mental constructs, all the sides of a problem or a situation, Your level of understanding just skyrockets and you can make more heart-centered moves, whether that's a decision to be made, to communicate your understanding to someone else, whatever it is. Seeing all sides of something raises your consciousness because your level of understanding increases and then you've escaped from this intolerant realm. And understanding, I think, is one of the most underrated and most powerful superpowers and strengths you can have because without intolerance ruling your life and the ability to use your mind for what it loves to do best, which is collect information and play with that information and communicate it, you can then create new roles and systems to bring positive change to the world. And as Richard Rudd says, the very nature of understanding is to bring about improvement to society in general, to help people make decisions that aren't emotionally polarized because their mental systems aren't like rioting in their heads. And this superpower goes really nicely, um, understanding goes really nicely with revolution, which I talked about on episode three um, called Reactionary to Revolutionary, which accompanies true understanding and has a similar purpose of bringing about a social revolution on a global level. And this new way of doing things with the power of understanding, will be birthed from a more far-sighted look at some of the problems we're experiencing with our existing systems and structures. So it's not that we're not using your minds at all. We need our minds to look at all sides of problems in society and this and that. But we can't rely on our minds to have the responsibility of making those decisions. It needs to come from another place. A good example of understanding and action is the idea of a a resource-based economy, which theoretically makes it possible for everybody on Earth to enjoy a very high standard of living with all the amenities that a prosperous civilization could provide. Now, this obviously sounds amazing, but for this to achieve life as we know it would operate very, very differently. For example, all of our resources would need to be declared as a common Uh, Property of all of Earth's inhabitants, which means there would be an end to national borders and money as we know it, even bartering. Just consider, we would have no identification with our nationalities, and if you're not American, if you're not Canadian, how does that change the way you see yourself and relate to others? If you really dive into just having no borders, that can really send you down a rabbit hole on like how you actually identify with your nationality and what that means to you. Our understanding levels would just have to be light years ahead of where we are today, most of us today. And it's enough to make your head explode trying to conceptualize this. And that's where the shadow state of intolerance comes in really handy. If you agree with the idea that the earth becoming a place where we can focus more on social betterment and have more respect for the planet that we live on, then you can play that game of seeing where your intolerance comes up when you consider what would actually have to change. Where are your triggers or stopping points as you mentally play with the things that you would need to change in order for that to happen? And go through the exercise of exhausting your logic until you come up with your own understanding and then see if that hasn't expanded your consciousness just one iota. Okay, so that is the shadow of intolerance and the superpower of understanding. Again, one of the most, in my opinion, undervalued and powerful geniuses we have access to. And next time we're going to be talking about the shadow of chaos. So if you're kind of anal and are overly worried about small details and are unable or have a hard time adopting a philosophical attitude towards mistakes, whether they're your mistakes or others, um, or on the flip side, you have a more of a chaotic tendency where you lack direction, rhythm, and it shows up as destructive in your life, then you'll definitely want to tune into this one because it turns into this amazing superpower called innovation. I personally love chaos innovation people. I like to surround myself with them because at their higher states, they are so insanely creative and interesting. On that show, I'm going to touch on contemporary mainstream scientific thinking and um, that versus new biological findings that most people don't know about or maybe refuse to change their beliefs around how to embrace chaos, and the true meaning and purpose of optimism, and it's not what you think it is. Thanks for listening, everybody. And if you want to learn more about our 12-week mind and body mastery course for men called The Trials, you can visit wayoftrials.com. And we're also currently working on a course for women with Jen McMaster and Dr. Danielle McGinnis, aka D-Bird that is freaking blowing my mind right now. Uh, We're just in the early stages of it, but we'll release a beta version on this podcast for any of you ladies who are interested in going through our first cohort and providing some feedback. As you go through that journey, this course will be specifically for women who want to find or reconnect to their own personal power, who want to elevate their emotional intelligence and the language around it and become harbingers of raising the language and consciousness of your closest relationships, like your mate or your kids. And, uh, we're really focusing on mothers too. So nurturing, uh, more robust, creative, resilient, and open-hearted children as you go through, this is a huge focus for us because, well, I feel like a lot of us do this work way too late and it would just be awesome for the hu- little humans to learn this stuff earlier than we did. So they're not having their minds blown at 30 years old about mother wounds and stuff like that. <laughs> so as always, if you have any questions about what I talked about today, you can email me at jessica at the special forces experience.com or you can hit me up on Instagram at jessicadepotzi underscore. And if you're liking the show, a little love in the rating or review section would be amazing. Have a great week, everybody. And we will talk again soon.